0: This is Paul Lam and you're listening to the Path Hunters Podcast. A podcast dedicated to helping you unleash the beast from within so you can fearlessly pursue your own path and passion. Join me on this weekly journey filled with inspiring stories and actionable contents. Become a Path Hunter today. Ladies and gentlemen, I have an awesome guest here today. I'm very excited for Sylvia Chrisman in the house here. Uh, business coach Yogi Nomad, host of the DNX podcast, here today.
1: How is it going, Sylvia? I'm well. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you
0: for like jumping on. Like honestly, it was just uh, it was just really awesome. Our mutual friend introduced us, Chris, and and I thought it would just be a wonderful thing because I just saw some of your content, and it's wonderful to kind of um, just just talk to you because like as a fellow podcaster, I get to like hear from different points of views of, of, of the whole entire process. And so, uh, but before we get into that though, I'm just going to give, you know, the the steering wheel to you. So that way we can talk about who you are and what you do, and then we can get into the juicy stuff.
1: (laughs) Yeah, perfect. Okay. So, uh, who am I? Um, I would say I am a serial entrepreneur. I'm a coach and a podcaster. And by that, I mean, I live a rather unconventional life. I'm a storyteller. I enjoy that process. And I love building businesses, and I love giving people who build businesses frameworks that help them effectively scale.
0: Hmm, I love that, and that's wonderful. And, and, and this is this is exciting. Now I get to talk to you. There's just so many stuff to talk about here today. Um, where do we start? Like, let's let's start let's start about your early you know early life and stuff. What were you doing before um, all of this? And 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 let's dive into that for now.
1: Yeah, I mean, when we were talking about my childhood, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so, I was born
0: on this day at uh, this specific <laughs> I
1: was born in a little village. Actually, fun fact, I, I was born in a small town in Germany and my childhood toys just made it into the national history museum in that region where I grew up. Because they were having an '80s exhibit, and so um, I'm having mixed feelings about this. I love the fact that my stuff is in a museum. At the same time, um, it was a bit of a reality check how much time has actually passed.
0: <laughs> I, I bet that's that's weird. Like holy, yeah. wh- <laughs>
1: like I'm
0: I'm thinking about it too because like sometimes I look at like I was born in 1990. So the thing is like. Sometimes I see some stuff that, uh, that some post online, they're talking about like old 90s games, Game Boys and all those such. And I'm like, yeah. that's weird. They're talking about like back in the old days. I'm like, it wasn't even that long ago.
1: Mm-hmm. It was yesterday. Yeah. Well, apparently the 80s now make it into the museum and yeah. they have their own little section and it's my stuff. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, man. So oh. that's what I was doing when I, w- when I was growing up. <laughs>
0: I love it. I love it. I love, I love this energy already. It's only been like, what, five minutes into this and i loving it. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Apparently even my childhood stuff made history. So there you go.
0: <laughs> now now it's your turn, which you already are, right. by the way. Let's do that. Yeah.
1: Let's, so, so. Let's do that. No, I mean... Yeah, the truth is, uh, I've always had a very unconventional life. Um, I left Germany very young, right after gymnasium, and I sort of ventured out into the world, originally, because I wanted to go backpacking and discover the world and cultures and immerse myself in in worlds I had no idea existed. And I had this lust for adventure and this drive to, you know, be in charge of my own destiny and really had not a whole lot of discernment of how that would unfold. So I actually bought a Huawei ticket to Brazil and uh, had zero plans. So I landed in Sao Paulo at two o'clock in the morning with um, absolutely no ideas, definitely zero Portuguese skills uh, and And just kind of like made my way around the South American continent from there, and with that, I really discovered how much I loved the unknown and since then, entrepreneurship and creating my own reality or producing products and services that really challenged the status quo or, you know, bring change into systems that are no longer working or things I'd like to see differently have always fascinated me and sort of brought and, and have become my life's mission, mission, my life's path. So coming out of my little stunt around the world Uh, I eventually ended up going to college, which I also fast tracked and then immediately went back into the entrepreneurial journey where I worked with three different serial entrepreneurs as sort of the first non-tech hire in. To develop the business and make it into a success, and so the last one I was part of just sold last year for eighty-three million dollars, which was amazing, and um, so I was very happy to be part of that in the first three years to about the first million uh, that we created, and then since then I've really uh, been, you know, either consulting or coaching uh, leaders. Uh, by providing them with strategic frameworks works for high-pressure environments. And that means to me that I consistently give them focus and clarity to take decisive action. Because being an entrepreneur means that you really have to learn the art of failing forward and build a certain degree of emotional resilience to maintain clarity and succeed.
0: I I love that I love that and there's so many golden nuggets in there that I don't want to graze over because like it's just like I like like you said going back touching base on like you know that 80s museum it's like it's easy to kind of look at it you're like wow but like be, I bet you at that time it was probably the roughest thing that you probably went through like I'm I want to dive back a little bit and ask you like what made you go like why Brazil and what made you feel like had you had this inclination in your in you that to that you're meant for something more.
1: Well, I was, when I grew up, I spent a lot of time, my parents were divorced. And so I spent a lot of time with my grandparents. And my grandparents loved to travel. And they took me all around Europe. And my grandfather and I were buddies, you know, we're besties. And he loved discovering history. And he was a bit of a hobby archaeologist. And so we just like, went on adventures to discover treasures. And so I had... Develop this inherent trust that the whole world is good and worth discovering. Now, I had this game that was called Spin the Globe, and I would just sit in—I would sit in my living room and spin the globe, and I would put my finger on wherever it landed. And that's pretty much the amount of decision making that went into choosing Brazil. <laughs> it wasn't like, oh, I really want to discover that culture. It was more like I spun the globe, my finger landed on Brazil. And I bought a one way ticket. I had sort of a vague. I mean, I had really the most useless stuff in my luggage. You wouldn't even believe. But um, I, I had a plan out a mission. I was going to go and, you know, backpack like people did at the time in Europe. It's very common with your gap year to just go backpacking. And I was just going to make it happen. And when I ran out of money, I would just try to figure out ways to make new one, new money, more money. That just was it. I wasn't big on planning, which is also why I landed in Brazil with a little Spanish language guide you know, so like a little guy, you know, like the, the yeah. basic Spanish, you know, realizing that probably didn't it's think that's <laughs> yeah, true. Exactly. Like, oh, I, that.
0: <laughs> I love that. That's a, That's such a fun story. It's, it's just cause like, you know, like I said, like, I'm always curious. Cause like I, in Europe, yeah. Like the whole gap year thing is like, it's a big thing for like Europeans, like over in, like in Canada and the U S like that's unheard of. Like we're, what, what are you, you're, you're ridiculous. Like They'll still tell you that. They're like, What's wrong with you? You're gonna take a year off, you can go to work, go go climb the corporate ladder, kind of deal. I hate that. I yeah. super, super like detest that. And so good job on that. Like it's it's amazing. Like I love Thank that. You. So
1: Yeah, I have to say too that I wasn't uh raised in my family with the pressures of having to fall prey to societal dictates. You know, my, my mom is a bit of a free spirit, so there wasn't a lot of guidance in the direction of here's the normal framework and here's the life path you should take. I went to hippie school. You know, I, I, you know, really had a very unconventional education that made me more creative in how I wanted to create my world. So I guess I was never uneducated. I was ever able to listen to that little voice within that has a very strong and powerful voice determined to create my own reality and not really give to societal dictates, limited thinking, or also expectations that may have been placed on me. Mm,
0: I love that. I love it. You know, fast forwarding forward a little bit. I just, I'm curious now. So in, in terms of like, you know, what made you get into like, you know, entrepreneurship and like, you know, was there, was there a defining moment? Because you mentioned you had like mentors and like, you know, you had like people that were your like, what was that kind of process like? What was it? Where did you do? Like, what was it after? Was that really shortly after college or explain to us that process there?
1: Yeah, of course. So uh, when you travel around the world, especially when you're creative and you're hitchhiking, you run into a couple of really interesting subset of people. There are the other travelers and that are doing this in between, you know, school and college. And then there are these serial entrepreneurs that have unconventional lives that created some sort of business that allows them to have freedom. And they were the ones I was very interested in (laughs) because I was like, really? So tell me more. How do you make a living? And how do you maintain all of this freedom? And what is this product and, and service that you created? And so, you know, by then going to college and graduating into sort of the shift into the digital age... Um, I really was, you know, I I was just, I was found basically, I had a serial entrepreneur who came across me somewhere where I was, you know, hellbent on convincing him of some idea. Now I have to even think what it was. Oh, I remember I went to art school and I was determined I was going to be the creative director in his new company. And he had no interest in hiring me uh, as a creative director, partially because I wasn't that great. And uh, but but also because I was such a hustler and so good that in convincing him to hire me for something that really wasn't you know really wasn't qualified for, that he was very much he was far more interested in bringing me on board and developing the business overall. You know, and that meant like honing in onto the value proposition, bringing it to market, doing the initial business development, getting the first round of clients, and optimizing the product. And um, that was like second nature to me. Mm. And um, so I got really lucky in that. And, you know, working with a serial entrepreneur who was in his 50s was really uh, an education in itself because I really learned very quickly that the way he viewed the world was to just look at everything as an opportunity. You know, it's like a juncture of circumstance that's favorable in one direction or the other. It just depends on discerning which direction you want to take. And he never skipped a beat when it came to taking sort of a barrier to entry or market feedback or, you know, something didn't work, you had a very creative way of looking at it and a very opportunistic way uh, that, in my opinion, you know results from emotional resilience that I think comes with experience in the entrepreneurial realm. But it is also in part genetic. You know, when you look at studies around this and I have a fascination with it, um, building emotional resilience to that and having a positive mindset is 50 percent genetic. The rest of it is is um, it's only 10 percent circumstantial. It's about 40 percent built on mindset and the 40 percent that you can learn.
0: Mm. I, I just want to get your opinion on this. Mm -hmm. Imagine someone that's just like graduating um, out of college that just started their career. They they realize probably six to eight months in they don't like their corporate nine to five job, right? They know they want to be something else, but the thing is that they have no idea of you know where to go, what to turn to. What would you recommend to this particular individual?
1: Uh, Go on a learning journey. You know, make it a fun journey of learning new things that interest you. If you're trying to break out of a structure in a system that no longer serves you, I do not recommend taking this ad hoc approach of like, hey, just like quit your job and quit your day job and buy a plane ticket. I would say, no, <laughs> hold that thought. Why don't we start reading some books, um, going to events, start asking our peers or start looking in your media and environment for the people that have a life that you want or that are doing something that interests you and have conversations with them. That's Here's the true. thing. People love talking about themselves. So when you go on this learning journey to start asking people questions, they're usually really happy to talk about themselves.
0: Hmm. I love that. I love that. And it's quite a, you know, I, I would tell people the exact same thing because I was that guy who who... Was sick and tired of his corporate nine to five job, and I just quit everything. I took I took off and went to Thailand. I mm-hmm. learned so much. I had no I, the only incl- like the only thing I learned was that there were people out in, out there in the world called digital nomads. They were actually making money online and they're traveling. I'm like, I I just heard about this thing. I was like, okay, I didn't even do any research. I'm like, I'm just like just gonna go and let's get out of here and let's see what happens. It was just the funniest thing. And but like now today, it's funny because like it's experience, like something that you were just saying today, where. I would recommend to people like, you know, learn as much as you can, you know, there's so much information in the world, podcast and, and even try to find mentors locally and stuff and try to build something and then go.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's almost like, don't do what I did. Yeah, yeah exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I we're on the same boat. It's funny because like, right. I, I know like, because like we're, because like it's weird because like for whatever reason, like it, it's, it's, we've done that. Like you, like you went to Brazil and stuff like that. Money eventually ran out. But I bet you at some point in your life, you're like, oh my God, oh shit, I need to make money. I need to sustain this. I actually need to make money in a different way and that, that way I can keep going with this.
1: Exactly. Yeah, yeah and it's, it's sort of what I also see in people that do this well is they set themselves up for success. And just like anything else in business or in life is make sure that you create a favorable environment and a, you know, sort of a springboard from which you can jump into the new direction that you would want your life to be. And, you know, with a little bit of research and a little bit of effort, uh, that can get you really far. Also, and I think the biggest component of that is people. People. So, you know, like behavioral science will tell you that if you have a favorable environment of people, you're 67% more likely to succeed, right? And that's the same when you're trying to break away from your nine to five structure. Find the people that have the lives that you want that will support you in that journey because their enthusiasm and their proof of concept will keep you going because things will get hard and difficult, especially if you take a somewhat unconventional path. So you know, have your team on board. I always call it my, my, they're my council of the wise and good looking. And I have them with me everywhere I go. I make sure that I have sort of my team, my tribe that understand my vibe and the things that I'm going after so that I can succeed.
0: I love that. I, I, I love that. That's awesome. What are, what are the ingredients do you feel that's needed to go and venture off into doing your own thing? In terms of like mindset, like you know, like you need a little spice mm-hmm. of persistence, and
1: yeah, so- uh, yeah, you definitely like, what you need. A, you need a little spice of persistence, maybe a lot of spice, of a lot of spice. Maybe take like the whole chili. The box, old, yeah, you know?
0: <laughs> you know? take the whole damn jar already. Come on, yeah. I
1: call it, it's like my three P's, right? It's patience, practice, and perseverance. You gotta have that on board you got to be patient, you have to be persistent, and you have to be able to persevere. Because th- nothing happens overnight. You don't change overnight. Life doesn't, I mean, you know, unless there's like unfavorable circumstances that are bring about sudden change, um, but if it's something you're working towards, it typically doesn't happen overnight. And it does require a lot of effort and uh, perseverance on your part to understand that, you know really the path to success and the path to change is often paved with many bricks of failure and we're so often looking at this big mountain of gravel that doesn't hasn't become anything yet and we forget to turn around and look at the beautiful yellow brick road that we may have paved already that now others are walking on that we have built. So it's really important that we're really regularly introspect and recap and reflect to look back in order to appreciate what we have done, what has moved us forward and discern what we may have to change, where we have to change direction and where we have to persevere and push forward because you know, most of us just make it up as we go along. Mm-hmm. I would say, you know, any entrepreneur will tell you the same thing because most of us have audacious goals that are unprecedented. So it's not that there's sort of a, a given structure you can follow. There's going to be ups and downs and difficulties.
0: Oh, like hundred percent, I agree with that. It's it's wonderful that you said that because, like I said, like I'm. Uh, it, it it's just really, in my opinion, like it just takes one small step. It, it, for me, for example, like you know, recently I've been trying to wake up at like four or five a.m. because I hear like everybody's doing it. But like I tried it for myself, just to, for a week and just to see, and it's been amazing. It's just been, but you don't get used to it yet, right? Like so, like I would be so hard on myself. So th- I would be so hard on myself. If I missed a day, I wake up like late, like 8, 8, a.m., eight a.m. or something like that. But the thing is, like I I go and tell myself like you know what that's okay we're just we're learning we're learning and we're slowly building towards these great habits so that way we can do great things
1: 100 percent. yeah i'm wondering who are these people that are all waking up at five o'clock in the morning i haven't heard about this yet (laughs) (laughs) i'm always a little jealous i'm like what do i need to get on board with this
0: I won't yeah. lie. I will lie to you. I'm not, I'm actually really jealous too. But I hear a lot of like I don't know like who who's it who's it that I can think of off the top of my head that does this. Um So my favorite real estate agent Ryan Serhant from New York. He does mm-hmm. that. He did a whole entire vlog about like waking up early and and just going to the gym right away, drinking water, and these are like morning routines that sets it up in a positive way. And and I've been trying to find a good place to find all the right routines and everything, which is leads into my next question. Do you have an amazing routine that you follow in the morning there.
1: Oh yeah, hundred percent. Oh, hundred percent. It's so important to me. It's just like don't mess with my routine or we're in trouble. Like <laughs> I do not enjoy that. Yeah. It can be very difficult when you're dating or dating somebody new and you're just like, no, you just don't understand. This is my morning routine and you don't mess with it. That's yeah. it. So um like this is a non-negotiable. <laughs> you cool? <laughs> um The reason for that is this the same. It's just because I believe that the way you start your day dictates the way your day unfolds. And I think going into the day mindfully and and with a certain structure and a framework uh, will keep you at a higher level and a higher energy most of the day. So for me, that means I'm a yogi. So I have been practicing my daily yoga practice for over 12 years now, mm-hmm. I've been doing morning meditations and morning rituals for the last 14 years. And that's just what, something I give up for anything or anybody. Uh, what it does, what I have done, though, is I let it be a little bit uh, less rigid, and more of a nimble framework these days that I didn't do for a good 10 years, like for a good 10 years, I was just like, this is the routine, don't mess with it. Mm-hmm. Now, also, <laughs> because I, I travel and life just kind of, ask you to be a little bit more flexible at times. I I don't do it the exact same way every day. I'm more flexible with it to allow life to be more real. Mm. So uh, that means to me, on average, I would say I get up in the morning, I do a little stretching, I have my warm water with lemon, um, I sit and meditate, I don't turn on my phone or respond to the world, I go practice yoga, I will then pick up my phone because right after just like there's good research around this too. After exercise, so you have a solid two-hour window of, of heightened focus. So usually, I just kind of have my food ready to go, and I sit down and work immediately in front of the computer because I can crank out so much work right away in those two hours, which would be would be ruined if I would waste it with like showering and getting ready. You know, so it's like it's usually off the mat onto the computer and I just get so much done in the first two hours. And that's really important to me to kind of, um, optimize my, my, my work hours, because I know that right after a workout, I have a good two hour windows to get so much done that I don't need to do. After that, I usually have my, you know, I get ready, um, and, and engage with the day and I'll have client calls and then do other things. The other thing that I do this after in the afternoons, which is really important for me, is I can't sit still in the afternoon and, and get desk work done. So that's when I'm definitely out and about, and I do things, I'm engaged in activities, maybe with clients, perhaps on an adventure. It's just something I stretch out. And then on days like yesterday, um, I sat down at 7 o'clock from 7 to 10 p.m., and I just cranked out a whole lot of work that I needed to get done for the week. And I know that's a decent window of productivity for me, that I really enjoy. And then after 10 o'clock I shut off anything that is work related. Um, so Sometimes that means if I work that late, I'm not getting up at six o'clock, right? I'll get up later because I worked late. And so, what I've done is not to be on a very rigid structure that's like a nine to five fitting it in because yeah. I have a flexible lifestyle. I definitely make sure that I honor my workflow. So, if I feel like I'm just cranking out a whole lot of work right now, and, and evenings can be really good for that for me. Um, and I, um, prior to a workout, I'm, I'm very slow in the morning, there's nothing productive coming out of my mind. Um, so I it's sometimes I allow myself to you know work later sleep a little longer um, and because it honors a natural workflow in which I feel actually healthy happy and highly productive
0: I hope you guys enjoyed that remember to subscribe share and review thank you for taking the time for listening to this podcast you can always find me at pathhunters.com stay awesome and know that you can become a path hunter today